My friends, on this journey of life, we are all influenced by different people, by institutions, by circumstances, both good and bad. Am I right? Maybe you can think over your life and, and uh, recount instances in which uh, someone said something on, or they shared something with you that perhaps ha- has brought about a certain line of thinking into your life. Maybe you, th- you think, well, uh, I remember my great-grandpa doing such and such, and that's why I do such and such today. As we go through this journey and we develop our outlook on life, some of these people, institutions, and circumstances have degrees of authorities in our thinking, in our behaving, in the way we approach life, the way we approach challenges, the way you approach uh, relationships, and so on. So whether we realize it or not, there, uh, when it comes to our lives, when we live out our life, and especially as we are trying to follow Jesus, as we do all that we can to follow Jesus faithfully, uh, there are those influences that we may even not notice are there, but they have some authority in our lives because they have helped shape who we are today. And again, we might act, we might have certain patterns of thinking and behaving and acting and, and looking at people or things or Life in general that has been handed down to us by someone or an institution or something that happened to us along the way. But I want to uh, bring us back to the one who has the and who is the ultimate authority. The one who calls for our ultimate and complete allegiance. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to invite uh, us to the scripture this morning, which comes from uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And I'd like to invite you to read it together with me. Let us read. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Today we continue our series on kingdom alignment. And in our passage this morning, my friends, we see how uh, King Jesus, being God himself, he brought to this earth a new authority. We have shared this before, that the message of Jesus, essentially the message of Jesus 
was that the kingdom of God had come and that the kingdom of God was near, or the kingdom of heaven. For example, if you look at the book of Matthew, they use uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is used instead of the kingdom of God because of Matthew's concern of uh, being careful to not use the name of God uh, as, a, as a way of reverence. So it's, it's the same meaning. It means the same thing. Kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, they're used interchangeably. So they mean the same thing. As a, a synagogue as, as that we read about, was typically a gathering place in which people would gather for prayer, worship, and learning. Every village in which there were at least two, uh, 12 men had a synagogue. Now, as Jesus taught the people, the people noticed that there was something different about his teaching. Usually, teachers in those days, they would, they would go to a synagogue, and, and when they would teach, they would, quote, say, the law of Moses, or they would, quote, such and such a, a teacher uh, or a scribe or a teacher of the law. And they would usually uh, do their teaching, but they would normally refer to another authority, not with Jesus. Why? Because he himself was the authority and is the authority. And that was uh, what was so striking about him because as he went around doing these miracles and, and doing these works of power and casting out demons and so on, they realize what kind of thing is going, you know, what's going on? This is a new teaching and with authority. Because not only is he teaching uh, his, with his own authority, he's not referring to anyone else, but he has power to drive out even demon spirits, evil spirits. Jesus taught with this divine authority. For example, he in, in Matthew chapter 5, you might be familiar with this text. This is the Sermon of the Mount, which we, are, we have read before. I want you to notice something here as we read it, that how, he, how Jesus read the, from the Old Testament. He quoted the Old Testament. However, he expanded the understanding of it because he could do so. He helped the people fully understand the Word of God and the law of God. Let me read that for us from Matthew 5, 43 and 48. Hear this verse. This is Jesus speaking. He said, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, notice, I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So as we saw here, my friends, in that text, as God himself, Jesus taught them with divine authority. He would say, well, you have heard it said, such and such, but I tell you. <laughs> In, in, in another occasion, he said, you have heard it said that if you, if you, uh, if you kill someone, if you are murdered, if you don't forgive someone, you're guilty of, of going to, to the lake of fire and so on. So he would help the people uh, get a fuller grasp of the law of God because he could do that. The Bible is clear that 
Jesus is the exact representation of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, it talks about how he is the exact uh, imprint of his image. Another way of, of saying it, another way to translate that. So when Jesus came, my friends, he came with this divine authority. He was fully man. He was 100% man, yet he was 100% God. Now, not only was the content of Jesus' teaching authoritative, but his works demonstrated that authority. Jesus' divine authority was verified over and over with the many works of power that he performed. Even in, over in, Ma, in Acts chapter 2, verses two, verse 22, the apostle Peter tells of how Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God by miracles, wonders, and signs. So his authority was uh, supernaturally confirmed. He was not just saying, do this because I tell you to do that or because I feel, because I, I, I just, I'm who I am. And he said that, but he also confirmed it. He also showed and demonstrated that he had supernatural power. So his authority, his word was verified by his works. After seeing Jesus drive out the evil spirits out of the man, those who were in the synagogue, as we read earlier, they said we were, uh, the text says that they were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching. And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. So it's clear, my friends, we can look at many other passages of scriptures uh, that confirm and verify and demonstrate the authority of Jesus, the supernatural authority of Jesus. To me, if you can walk on the water, you have my attention. <laughs> if you can raise the dead, I probably will listen to what you have to say. <laughs> and we can look at all of the miracles of Jesus. And of course, especially important, his resurrection from the dead eventually. So the authority of Jesus as a divine figure, as God himself, is clear in the text. Now the important question for us this morning would be, how are we relating to the authority of Jesus in our lives? Does his teaching have enough weight in our thinking, in our behavior, in our affections, in what we deem important? Does his life and ministry and teaching and his attitudes, do they bear, do they carry enough weight to cause us to reevaluate the way that we handle life, the way that we handle people, the way that we handle ministry, the way that we uh, handle our possessions even? That's a, that's a question that I think we should ask ourselves. Because sometimes, uh, maybe I'm the only one, we say, well, Jesus said such and such, and the, even, we can even quote the verses sometimes. But to quote a passage of Scripture and to do it are two different things. <laughs> even Jesus would say things like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? So even he would challenge his early disciples because he realized there, was, there seemed to be a disconnect sometimes be, between what they claimed to believe and what they actually did. And that I realize that that's a growing, it's, it's a growth process that we are all engaged in. But as we look to align ourselves uh, more and more to the kingdom of God, it's vitally important that we align ourselves with the king in his teaching. Amen? Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords. What he says goes. Yes. He had, the Bible talks about how he holds all 
all things with the word of his power. He is God. And all things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. John chapter 1. So we see here that we are dealing with, with the maximum authority of this universe. And it's key, my friends, if we are going to uh, faithfully follow Jesus, if we are going to align ourselves with the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God, we have to pay close attention to the teachings of the master, of the king himself. Given that Jesus has divine authority, my friends, given that he is God himself, as proven by many ways, in many different ways, through his miracles, his ascension, his resurrection from the dead, and so on. Again, how much weight does Jesus' uh, teaching have in our lives? It's so easy for us. We can go to church. We can do the right things. But when the rubber meets the road, who influences us to make a crucial decision about something? Do we go back to the Word of God to see what Jesus said about it? I remember when I was uh, working, my ministry had more to do with, uh, we had a nice group, nice group of young people. Sometimes they would come up with these questions, you know. <laughs> and they would come to me and I said, well, what does the Bible say about it? <laughs> that will be my first, because the Bible is a primary way through which God has spoken to us. It's a special, we call it special revelation. We have general revelation in creation. We have special revelation in the scriptures. And ultimately, of course, we have the incarnation, which is the, the max, uh, the greatest way through which God has revealed himself to us. He was not content and happy by just sending us prophets and, and writings and so on. He himself came down to, to live among us. Just like we had in our video earlier at the beginning of the service, talks about how he, he pitched his tent and dwelt and lived among us. That's what Jesus did. But a main way for us to, for you and I to give Jesus uh, the rightful place, and to, to give his teaching the rightful place that uh, it needs to have in our lives is to go back to the scriptures. What did Jesus say about this? Or what does the Bible say about such and such a topic? We live in a day and an age, my friends, that uh, our feelings seems to, seem to rule. Well, if it feels good to me, it must be good. That's dangerous at least, at best. And it can lead any of us down to a, a really dangerous path that we don't want to find ourselves in. Does the life and teachings of Jesus have the authority over our lives that they need to have. When we find ourselves in a conflict with someone, how do we navigate that situation? Do we cling to, to our feelings or to our own opinions? Or do we go back to the scripture to see what Jesus would say about that particular issue? When we find ourselves in a predicament, perhaps about something that's morally questionable, what do we do? What, what is the barometer or what is the <coughs> measuring stick that we use to determine what's right or wrong? Do we go by popular culture, by what a newspaper told us, or a video? 
or do we go back to Jesus? This is very practical stuff, friends. And as disciples of Jesus, uh, we are called to, to follow him. We are called to imitate his life, his teaching, to, to not just learn about him, but to actually do them. The scripture tells us that faith without works is dead, and how we are to be uh, doers of the word, not hearers only in the book of James. To what degree are we willing to walk the talk? Think about that. We go to Bible studies, if we should. Okay, but are we putting those things to practice? Ultimately, when, when we come against a situation that we, that we need to trust God, do we give in to perhaps how we feel? And we're human beings now. We, we can certainly pass to, through those things on our way to Jesus. We might pass through fear or, or discouragement or anxiety, but make sure that we keep walking. And we go back to him where he says, be anxious about nothing. Or where, we say, where he said, uh, who of you, by worrying, can add an inch to your, to your stature? One, one translation might render it. Who has the last and final word about the situations and concerns that you and I face? If it's not Jesus, my friend, I, I invite you to prayerfully consider that. Because as we have read, as we read in all throughout the scriptures, he is, he still is, the highest authority. This is a big one. Who or what determines our identity? What we wear, what we drive, where we live, or does Jesus? Think about that. It's not difficult for us to place our sense of identity in things. But what if they're gone? What if something happens in our lives and our life takes a, a left turn? What, what do we do then? No, my friends. Our ultimate sense of identity should come from Jesus. It is, he, it is Jesus who said in John 1, 12, that to them who believed in, in him, God has given the right to become children of God. And that's your real identity. That's your first identity. You're a dual citizen. U.S. citizen, but also a heavenly. You have a heavenly citizenship. You're a child of God if you have believed in Jesus. Who or what determine, determines what is important in, in, in life? Social media, popular culture, things that we see in our secular world, or the way that we were raised, or Jesus. That's a big one. And let's face it, as I said earlier, we have all been influenced by people and, and institutions and circumstances, both good and bad. But at the end of the day, do we keep saying, well, I act like that because this is the way my, my parents acted or whatever. That's fine. We, we might be able to do that for a while. But ultimately, Jesus expects us to grow up and to take responsibilities for our own actions, for our own behavior, because guess what? A day will come when you and I will stand before his throne. And we'll have to give an account for what we have done in this body. So when we face Jesus, I have a hard time believing that he's going to say, Hey, uh, I know that you did such and such because of your parents did that, but let's talk about something else. <laughs> I doubt it. He's going to hold each of us accountable for how we lived our lives based on what he taught. 
So how do we determine the priorities of our lives? Why, how, or uh, uh, do we determine what we give our ultimate affections to in this life? If it's not Jesus, my friends, I again invite you to prayerfully and carefully reconsider your position. You know, our God is a jealous God. He doesn't want half of us. He doesn't want to just, he doesn't want us just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday when you come to family night. Let me do a quick plug in. We have great dinner, <laughs> family night. <laughs> have a great Bible study. So look forward to seeing you this Wednesday. But God loves you beyond that. And he, he expects our, the whole of our lives. We owe God our, the service of our minds, our attitudes, our behavior. Everything about us is to be dedicated to his service. Didn't he say we're to love the Lord our God with all of our minds, all our souls, our strength? Am I right? So it's the totality of us that Jesus wants and that God wants. So as we seek to align ourselves to the, to the kingdom, to the kingdom, we, we are part of a kingdom, my friends. This is not just, uh, it's not just a, a lifeboat that God threw us out in Jesus to save us from hell. It, it is, okay, that's included, salvation is included, and it's, it's a, a main part, an important part of the package. But he brought, Jesus brought with him a kingdom, a whole way of, new way of thinking and doing things and looking at life and relationships and possessions and times and treasure and so on. It's a whole way of, a new way of doing things. And the more we align ourselves with his teaching, with his life, the more successful we will be. You know, I have read about how in some countries in Africa, the way, the reason how, uh, have you ever seen uh, pictures or perhaps a movie in which you might see uh, perhaps a lady or a child even carrying so, so much weight on, their, on top of their heads, right? And they carry that for very long distances. It could be water, it could be food, it could be whatever. And you wonder, man, how in the world are they able to carry that amount of weight on top of their heads? Wouldn't their necks break? I mean... <laughs> But there's one principle that they're putting into practice that you and I would do well to also put into practice. It's that principle of alignment. They have found a way to align their neck and their heads, and I don't know all the details about it, but somehow they find they have found a way to align their, their top of their heads and their necks and their back and the spine and everything, to, and they let that do the work of carrying the weight because they are perfectly aligned. You and I will be able to carry the, the, the gospel, the weight of the kingdom of God, the message of Jesus further and faster, more effectively, the more we align ourselves with the teachings of Jesus, with the highest authority of this universe. Who and what determines the way of salvation? That's a big one today. And the way to eternal life. Is it man's opinion or is it the latest religious fad, or Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So that's, that's an exclusive claim there. <laughs> and some might call us uh, narrow-minded, but it is what Jesus said. We get the picture. Being committed, being a committed disciple of Jesus, my friends, means that you and I do all that we can to, uh, all that we can to come into alignment with him, with his teaching, with his life. 
How are we responding to the authority of Jesus? Who is the highest authority in our lives? Hear these words from Matthew 17, 1 through 5. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. I don't know about you, but if, if there's a person that has a, a voice speaking from heaven with a bright cloud saying that about them... <laughs> That's what I'm going to listen to, <laughs> ultimately. Once again, we see the Father giving testimony of who Jesus is. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Are we listening to the words of Jesus enough? Are we giving His words enough weight in our lives to, to the degree that we actually do the best we can to follow them and we fall short, myself included? But do we walk in that posture of heart? Do we live our lives in such, a, in such an attitude that we, that we are doing all that we can to really and fully come into alignment with his, the kingdom of God and his king? Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the word this morning. As we seek to align ourselves with the kingdom of God, Lord, I pray that you Lead us, O oh God, into being more and more faithful to the words and to the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you are here this morning with every eye closed, every head bowed, please. This is a moment between you and God. And you say, Pastor Edwin, you know, maybe I, I realize that I have been doing things in my own way and I have not uh, paid so much attention to the words of Jesus I'd like to start afresh today. If that is you, I would ask that you raise your hand. Every eye closed, please. I see that hand, my friend. Any other hand? If, if that is you, if you said, you know, I want to start afresh. I want to have a new beginning in my life. I haven't stopped following Jesus. However, I realize that I have not given him the fullest attention. If that is you, I ask that you raise your hand. Amen. Father, will you see the hands that were raised. I pray for those who raised their hands and all of us, Lord, that you help us. Help us, give us your grace, Lord, to fully come in the, under your authority, Jesus, so we might be fully aligned to you and to your kingdom so that we can maximize our impact upon this earth. For you said in your word that the, word, the days are evil and we are to do all that we can to make the most of our, out of our days on this earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the grace to follow you more faithfully, more closely. In Jesus' name, amen.